welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, and my co-host Justin Baker and I are ready for the defensive flood of trades. And it just so happens, as per usual, a trade happens right before we record our show, and not just a trade. How many trades have happened in the last like six hours? <laughs> like four or five. That's beautiful. It's not even. We're still a week away from trade deadline and. The hockey general managers are just gifting us with content to talk about on the show. So with that said, let's just dive right into it. We we know that uh, teams love having extra defensemen. I think that it all goes back to the Pittsburgh Penguins in 2016 when they somehow won the Stanley Cup with like four of their regulars out. And I think ever since then, teams just said, we have to have defensive depth. A lot of these teams block a lot of shots. And uh, that usually results in some injuries. And so, and the game's just so dang fast, you get turned around a weird way and out you go. Unless you're Shea Weber, then you, uh, I think that he actually just has a special button. That, like, <laughs> you know, in a video game, you die and it's just like, where do you want to respawn? Shea Weber just respawned. Like he's got a Mario like <laughs> yes. closet full of mushrooms that he just ingests. Out the rest of the year, then, all right, two months. Then, oh, he's he's skating again already. Like a week later. No big deal. Whatever. <laughs> going to play tonight. This it's was fun. almost career ending for me, and I'm just going to go right back out. Oh, any normal person, it not only probably like ends their, it just ends their athletic abilities for <laughs> the time being. <laughs> I for the next three ankle, years. And it took me six months to, to play hockey again. Yeah. Crazy. Okay. <sighs> uh, well, let's dive right into these trades. Uh, we will start with the ones that have actually happened, and then we'll move to the ones that, uh, at this point, they've been reported as likely by different hockey insiders. So we'll we'll throw those out as well. Maybe by the time you're listening to them, they become official or not, and we just uh, you know we'll speculate on how good of a move it would have been. Uh, so with that said, let's start out with the Tyler Toffoli deal. Uh, Tyler Toffoli goes to the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, your thoughts on, first off, Toffoli adding into the Canucks lineup. Well, I think if you're Vancouver, this is a move you had to make because like, you're in the middle of a rebuild, right? And you're, you're, you're sitting atop the Pacific Division. You're ready to make a push for playoffs. And, I mean, behind closed doors, we didn't hear about it till after the move was completed, but uh, Brock Besser's done for the year. He's shelved. He's not coming back. And, uh, you know, if you're Vancouver, you want to – you don't want to really just like squash your hopes for making it. You know, you want to make a push here. You know, why not? The Pacific is a little weak, in my opinion. They so lead, And they lead it right now. Yeah, you know? and you have an opportunity to not only get in, but, you know, the way the playoff bracket's usually set up, you could you could make a little push, you know? I mean, unless you run into somebody from the Central who's really good in the first round. But, um, you know, essentially, I mean, let's face it, they could, they could get past, you know, Calgary, Vegas maybe even the way they're playing right now and if you know a couple guys step up it could be pretty easy couple rounds for them. And how interesting is it that they acquire to Foley and about 3 hours later Besser goes down. Right. He gets a rib cartilage fracture. He's out for at least 8 weeks. Right. They're hoping he'll be back for the playoffs. I doubt it. I I feel like it's it sounds like it's one of those things where, like, if it's playoff time, you're going to come back. Like, it's a broken rib, right? So it's just painful. Well, I will say, you know, uh, what I can't remember what year it was. Maybe it was 2011 when 
Baptiste Bergeron play with a punctured lung. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, okay, you can play with anything at this point. But yeah, exactly. And, and you know, we'll see. He'll be reevaluated in three weeks. But it is relatively good timing. Not to say that to fully perfectly replaces Besser, but. Uh, in terms of you know what he what can he make up? We'll say he's like eighty percent of the player, you know seventy five percent of the player in terms of putting up stats. So they will hopefully not miss too big of a beat, and then they'll get him back for the playoffs, and they'll be in a different position. Although I'm sure they would love to not have their sniper go down right. on the eve of on the last seven weeks of the regular season. But uh, okay, any. Uh, any prediction for how the Toffoli deal turns the tables at all for that Pacific division? Does it change how you would view the Pacific at no, all? No, not at all, in my opinion. I think it, it is what it is right now, and I still think it's a wild card for, for many of these teams where you could have Edmonton, Vancouver, uh, you know, Vegas, Calgary even. Any of these teams could swap positions at any given moment because, I mean, we've seen it during the season. Many of these teams can have little stretches and go hot for, you know, half a dozen games and or go cold so sure I, yeah. who who would have ever predicted if this is the way it goes down i, I know nashville has quite a few games in it, four games in hand on arizona but you still got to win those games right now five teams from the pacific would go to the playoffs would never have thought that <laughs> Not like never. anybody anybody would have called it five teams from the metro i think that was a like that was a safe bet like you could have seen it coming because I mean you knew the Atlantic had some weak bottom feeder teams so right. the Metro was pretty tight but and then maybe even five from the Central we could have called that too but five from the Pacific the last division I Crazy. would have would have said all right uh, next deal where do you want to go boy you know what I want to look at your boy Jack Campbell who we accurately called yes. was gonna go to Toronto yes I mean so far he's looked pretty good in his three what three or four games he's played. Yes, he's, he's been he's, looking pretty good, and especially as Frederick Anderson kind of figures out his life, he just doesn't <laughs> figure out his look life. great. He he really he just doesn't look very good the last ten games or so. Well, yeah, uh, I mean you I get mean, he was hurt, of course, but you get Campbell, you get Kyle Clifford, who you know from every account that I've heard from guys in L.A., they say he's a locker room guy, he's a spark plug, he he's the quality guy you want in your dressing room with you know a team that from Toronto has a lot of younger guys in it. And for a couple third round picks and Trevor Moore, I mean, yeah, this is a no brainer for Trevor Moore, a guy who was like barely cracking the lineup. Yeah, easy. And and this gives you the flexibility. You have him locked for the next two years, which Frederick Anderson is a like he'll be there for the next. It's it's a great. It's just a great long term and short term move. By the way, he's three zero and one in the four games and fantastic nine nine nineteen save percentage. So he's playing very very well yeah absolutely uh, so far uh yeah and and the fact that when he's on the bench like jack Campbell's cam campbell is just this rah-rah guy like i remember he played the first game that when he was there because anderson was hurt and when he sat the bench he said i'm looking forward to the guys being able to like being able to be the guy on the bench so that they can see the kind of teammate that i am that's great and he just he's like a total total team guy he's Cheerleader. opening the doors for guys like it's the guy that makes a couple million, like close to a couple million dollars a year, and he's opening the doors for his teammates and like cheering them on as they're they're doing their thing. So I think that that can't be understated. Kyle Clifford coming in and dropping the mitts, I think in his second game, first or second game, that's something the Leafs have probably been missing for a little. They while. need a little sandpaper. They, they need, yes. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, definitely a an easy move 
to make. Uh, although it does eliminate maybe some possibilities of, again, moving other play for other positions like defense, because now you've dealt your third round pick, your second round pick. They, they don't have a whole lot left to move unless they start dipping into their prospect pool. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, they've, they're they missing their first and third for this year. They've got some late-round picks, so maybe you can package, you know, a fourth and a sixth or something with some prospects, you know, that honestly, you know, they probably have some forward prospects that they're not really worried about losing at this point because you've got a bulk of your guys locked up long-term, so big whoop, um, especially when you talk about guys like Kapanen and Johansson, you know, that are going to be there for a while, so... Why not? I mean, if you can find somebody on the back end who maybe you can strike a deal with, maybe you bring in a, you know, a Mike Green, a Trevor Daly from Detroit. Now that you know that might be all that's left in the free or from the UFA market. Yeah. So well, and they have Andreas Janssen's out for the rest of the season. Okay, so they get his full three point four million available under their, which is great. Their their salary cap for the the deadline. So they, it, according to Cap Friendly, they have nine point seven million in cap space for the, but that that is because. There's certain guys that are on LTIR, but they're going to come back. And so they know they're going to come back. So that, that cap hit isn't perfectly accurate. But we know they do have $3.4 million available. And then once the playoffs start, they can bring Janssen back, and there's no cap. The cap ends right. at the regular season. Right now, the way that it stands, they're going to get Morgan Riley, Cody Cece, Andreas Janssen, and the Soup Boy. Ilya Mikheyev. Soup boy. <laughs> have you seen all the soup stuff? I have yeah. seen it. Yeah, that's why they that, when they traded for Jack Campbell, they were making fun like, we got to get this guy a new nickname because they can't call him soup anymore. Oh, yeah. Soupy, so. yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's two forwards and, and I mean, a number one defenseman, top six, top nine forwards. There's your trade deadline back. acquisition exactly. right there. You probably don't need to do a whole lot as long as, as, long as the rest of the team can stay healthy. I, I don't know... You know, we'll have to we'll we'll come back to this, but uh, the the in man games lost injury this season. The Leafs definitely have have to be one of the higher up teams in that list uh, because they have been. It seems like no one, no one has been like the whole team hasn't been there all year. So, um, shall we go to Dylan Demello, Demilo, Demello, dealt for peanuts. According to one highlight, one uh, <laughs> one thing that I saw. Oh um, goodness! So Dylan DeMello dealt from the Senators to the Jets for a third round pick in 2020. Yeah, I don't care what you what your feelings are on a third round pick. I think this is a good move. Um, you know, rumor has it that contract talks were like they were far apart between Ottawa and Dylan DeMello's group. Now. According to him, they also said that they were never approached for a contract extension in Ottawa. So that's probably why they were looking at being far apart. So, um, you know, my opinion is he wasn't going to resign there. So if you're Ottawa, trade him, get what you can. And for a guy who is, you know, a third pairing guy, he's a stay at home type defenseman who can still move his feet, still move the puck a little bit. I think as a Winnipeg Jets fan, you, you should be okay with this move because let's face it, you don't have much back there outside of Josh Morrissey, and, I mean, you you need some help. I mean, I'd rather pay Dylan DeMello money over Kulikov at this point, and, I mean... Sure. Yeah. And so it, you I had mean, to do something. It doesn't, it doesn't really hurt you 
if DeMello isn't great, if he's just average, because you don't really even, you're lacking average NHL defense. Right, and it's a low risk. I mean, it's a third-round pick, right? What's what's the percentages they use to say about it's like 10% chance that a guy in the third round is going to play 200 games? Right, right. So big whoop. You're not probably missing out on much by moving a third-round pick for a guy you know can give you some depth at the back end where you don't really have much at all. All right. Uh, let's go to the other D defenseman, Brendan Dillon. The San Jose Sharks dealt to the Capitals for a second round pick and a, th- a conditional third. Was it a conditional third or a conditional fourth? Yeah, it's a conditional third round pick. Um, if, they, if they re-sign them. It'll, it's a 2021 third round pick right now, but will become a 2020 third round. It's Arizona's pick, by the way, um, that Washington previously acquired. And I'm not, it's only if they win the Stanley Cup. That's oh, it. that's the only way. Only condition. Okay. So, um, I mean, let's face it. Washington has a pretty good shot at winning the cup this year. Um, you know, I, I don't know what your feelings are about Tampa again in the East, but uh, at this point, I, I can't fully trust them, even though they just won 11 straight, which is fantastic. Um, but regardless, I mean, Brendan Dillon, he is a stay-at-home type defenseman who can still give you 20, 25-ish points on the back end, which isn't too bad. And he's a good number four defenseman to have, I think. He, he to me, was probably my favorite defenseman that possibly could have got moved at the deadline. And and for a couple third-round picks, that's a pretty pretty dang good bargain, I think. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, would, I would agree with that. Uh, I think that it's a great move for the Capitals in the sense that, like, you're going against a team. You know you're going to play Pittsburgh. It's almost a certainty. Like, it's happened. Almost, yeah. Pretty much every year, you're going to go up against Pittsburgh, and uh, having that depth on the back end is only going to propel you forward. I think Brendan Dillon is actually a defenseman that moves the needle a little bit. His teammates are better when he's out there. Uh, he can play with high-end guys. He's shown that, being able to play with uh, some of the guys on, on San Jose, like Brent Burns and Eric Carlson. So, Yeah, and you, you, you look at Washington's back end, too, right now. Outside of Carlson, there's not a whole lot to be excited about, right? You got Orloff, who who's okay. You know, Racco Gudis, which come playoff time, you know, maybe he's not a guy you want out there because he's more of a, you know, a grinder and not much a puck mover anymore. Uh, Michael Kepney, Nick Jensen, like, you know, you got guys back there that maybe you would like a guy with a little bit more experience, you know? Sure. Um, a little bit more you know, I don't know what you want to call it, but stay-at-homeness to to his game. So, you know, and I, Scandell, I mean, Brendan Dillon can be that guy for you. All right. So, um, I think probably the strangest move of the day, of the day is Marco Scandella being dealt from the Montreal Canadiens to the Blues for a second-round pick and a conditional fourth-round pick. Uh, well, Marco Scandella just months ago was dealt for just a fourth round pick. <laughs> <laughs> um, explain this one to me. What I guess, uh, you know, Jay Bomeister's injured. Maybe he's out. We don't know. He's he's back in St. Louis and there hasn't been any word on how long he'll miss if you know, he'll miss a long term or if he'll be out the rest of the season, who knows? I think you have to assume he'll be out for the rest of the year. You look at guys that have had these similar cardiac arrest injuries, you know, like Yuri Fisher, for example, being a Detroit guy comes to mind, right? That ended his career, right? He was done. Yeah. So you have to assume he's done for the year. And I think that's, again, same, why St. Louis. Same with, uh, there was a guy in Dallas, remember? Yeah. Uh, Richard. Uh, oh, gosh. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts. Yep. 
I'll let well, you look that in, one up. A guy in Dallas. Though. Yeah, a guy in Dallas. Um, but regardless, I think you have to assume if you're St. Louis, right? He's done for the year. And Jay Bomeister, you know, while he started his career off as a Rich very, Peverly. Peverly, thank you. Yes, that was the old Boston Bruin player went yep. to Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Jay Bomeister started his career as a guy who could, you know, play the puck, move the puck. And then, you know, he kind of turned into this stay at home defenseman playing with, you know, Pitcher Angelo on that top pairing, and he, well, the league completely changed yeah. from the time that he was taken first overall, exactly to uh, to now. And it's it's you know he's he's been able to make a career out of that because he's been so capable on that back end. His hockey IQ is very 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 good, um, and so I think as you know when you look at a guy like Scandella, while he's not a, a very good stay at home defenseman and he's not a very good puck mover, he can he can do both. Are you saying he's not that good? I, I mean he's he's a he's a he's a good number five number six defenseman. Maybe yeah, I just can't believe that they would give up a second round pick. Like that is a lot what, compared to what we saw last year around this time, where I would like Scandella to me. Okay, I, I understand you're in a crunch. A third round pick seems pretty reasonable. Obviously, there was someone else out there who was willing to give up a third round pick, and for St. Louis, a team that. Is I think probably pretty confident coming into the playoffs, saying I think we could we could win the cup again. You're talking your your second round pick is going to be hopefully sixty second overall, as opposed to some other team where they're saying we'll give you our third round pick, and that third round pick might be uh, you know seventy eight to eighty, and you have to your third round pick won't cut it. So I guess uh, I guess that might be what they're thinking, but. I just, man, Montreal made out. I, I think this is one of the best moves that the Montreal Canadiens, Mark Bergeron's made in a little while. Uh, where, I mean, he literally traded a fourth round pick for a second round and a fourth round. <laughs> Maybe a second. I, we actually, I, as far as I can see here, there's nothing about the condition yet. Well, the here's the condition, pick. I'll tell you. Oh, you have it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Cap Friendly reports it as... Um, will receive the 2021 fourth-round pick if St. Louis resigns Scandella before October 7th, so basically start of the next season, or if St. Louis wins two playoff rounds and he plays at least half the games. Okay. So so a likely fourth-round pick that they're going to get. Yeah, in likely, yeah. I, I think St. Louis is more than capable. I mean, granted, they have lost six in a row, but I, I do think... You know they're they're going to find they'll be all right. Yeah, they're going to be all right. They're going to get their game back. It's it's not a big deal. Um, so I I think you know considering what they have on the back end, I think it's it's very possible that he's going to play at least half the games, and I think it's very possible St. Louis is going to you know go through two rounds. I'm going to run it back to the uh, man games lost injury. Yeah, please. Because I think this year in particular, it's pretty incredible the teams that are up there. Uh, Toronto is is actually just 11th in man games lost. Uh, 104 man games lost in terms of forwards is one of the, the Pittsburgh still number one. Pittsburgh is number one. They yeah. have lost uh, 68 defensive man games and 157 forward. None to the goaltender. So that's all been all their skaters. Uh, have been have been injured. It's pretty incredible to have that many man games lost. Uh, not to mention, it's been Sidney Crosby. Like it's one thing when it's yeah. oh a, a uh, you know fourth line guy is hurt all the time. No, it's Sidney Crosby. Uh, so Pittsburgh, and in terms of the standings, you know Pittsburgh is second in their division. Uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets are next, 
and they are in the playoffs. Then you have the Detroit Red Wings. The Detroit Red Wings have been smashed by injuries. Like it even matters with but them. I, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Buffalo Sabres are fourth. Chicago's fifth. But then you have Boston, St. Louis, Winnipeg, Colorado, Montreal, Vancouver, Toronto, Arizona. Like the teams that are actually in the playoffs are the ones who are up there in terms of man games lost to injury. Well, that's so it's not necessarily a indicative of what happens it's these you know you got to be able to figure out what right and that's the thing it speaks to the organization right you've built good depth you've built good systems in place so you know when guys do go down next man up right and it you don't really lose a beat you know how to compete you know your guys like for instance i mean you look at pittsburgh right crosby goes down any other team that would lose a superstar and we're going to find out very quickly how edmonton responds because you know obviously Connor mcdavid's out um but pittsburgh i mean they didn't seem to really lose the beat. They kept going. They kept winning, and it's worked out pretty well for them. And then you look at other teams like, for instance, Boston, right? I mean, you know, again, they they lose guys, but they still still stayed up at the top of that division. So, Yeah. Uh, Tampa Bay definitely giving them a run for their money. They yeah, won 11 be, in a row now. It'll be a fun run at the end. Um, I, I will be at the Leafs-Lightning game in uh, next week. Oh, okay. Thursday. And the Leafs Panthers game on Tuesday, dude. So, dude, I'll uh, if if anybody out there is going to those games, hit us up on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Love to just meet up and say hi and uh, be be good to chat some some hockey if you're going to be at those games and or you live in the area. Uh, some trades that haven't happened yet, but it looks like they will. You had mentioned one, yeah, Alec Martinez. It looks like he's going to get traded to Vegas for a couple second rounders. Uh, per Bob McKenzie's reporting, and he's always a very trusted source. So That is a great move. Yes. That's a fantastic move for a Vegas team that really doesn't have a whole lot. It's not that their back end's bad. They just, when you look at the players that are on their back end, nobody really stands out. Uh, and, and Right, I mean, so you... You've that's got- not a bad thing necessarily, but there's no one there that you go... Yeah, that guy's a huge difference maker outside of Shea Theodore. Uh, you know, you're not. I don't even know if terrifying. he's there yet either. But yeah, yeah but he will be. I, I still think he's more than capable of becoming that type of quality he's defenseman. He's like but 27, isn't he? He's 24. He? Oh, he's the only 24. Yeah, so he's still pretty young. <laughs> uh, I've just been watching him for so long. But Nate Schmidt, there's there's a guy, right? I mean, he's he's a solid defenseman, solid top four guy. Yeah, but, yeah exactly. You know, they have solid guys. Solid but, guys. I think Alec Martinez is somebody who, I mean... He'll be another solid top four guy for them, yeah. for sure. And, I mean, when you look at beyond those Shea Theodores and Nate Schmitz, you've got Braden McNabb, Nick Holden, John Merrill, and Derek Anglin, guys that I don't get too excited about, right? That if push comes to shove and I've got to, you know, I've got to play my top two pairings a lot of minutes, I don't know outside of that top pairing with Schmidt and Theodore that I really want to play anybody else. And Martinez gives them flexibility to say, "Hey, we got another guy we know can log some big minutes for us." Yeah, I, I, I love the move. I think that Vegas—it's—it's it's been a minute since Vegas has really done anything significant to their lineup. They've been pushed up against the cap for a while, yeah, for yeah. sure. Uh, maybe they made too too many moves at once, uh, and and kind of hurt them. I think signing Pacioretty to that massive deal was. The, the beginning of some bad mistakes. And then they give Mark Stone nine point five million, which that's Whew. that's fine. I'm okay with that. I'd Are rather you? if if you got to overpay somebody, overpay the guy who 
is your top player. Okay. Uh, yeah. But then, you know, like Peter Stasny, uh, I, like right now, if he's a free agent, he's not getting six and a half million a year. Or is no, he's got one more year left. He's 6.5. Six point, yeah, six yeah, for half, Paul right. Stasny. Yeah. So I'm saying like if, if, if he was signed right now, no one would sign him to six and a half. No, not He'd at all. sign him to four. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, a couple other trades. A big one, the Tampa Bay Lightning acquire Blake Coleman from the New Jersey Devils. Love this move. For a first round pick that's Vancouver's and Nolan Foote. Yeah. Nolan Adam Foot, Foot's son. Yeah. Very well well said. Um <laughs> you know what? I, I think there's there's a lot of promise to Nolan Foot. I'm not hundred percent sure about him, whether or not he'll turn out to be a quality NHL player, but I do think, you know, down the road he might end up uh providing some good depth for this team and he'll have opportunity with a team like New Jersey to to maybe get a get a shot. Um and if anything, it just adds to their, you know, forward depth. Yeah, I mean, um, he's only 19 years old. Right, so plenty <laughs> plenty of time, plenty of time. Uh, but I, I do like the con- – so there's also a conditional first-round pick with this, right? And it's if the Canuck, Canucks do not make the playoffs in 1920, the first-round pick will transfer to 2021. So we know that – at least I have a feeling the Canucks are going to make the playoffs. But you Wait, get a, if the Canucks don't make the playoffs? Yeah, if the Canucks don't make the playoffs this year, the first-round pick is basically next year's first-round pick. Because it's based off a different trade. Yeah, what, what, no, no, no. That? I'm sorry. It's not based off a different trade. Van, uh, the Lightning have Vancouver's first round pick right. from the JT Miller trade. but And there's a condition on that? No. Not that I'm aware of. Oh, well, why is it if Vancouver doesn't make the playoffs? Oh, then they give Tampa's? They yeah, because get Tampa's Tampa first wants round to pick? protect it for the lotteries. Gotcha. What they're so trying then to they do, get so. Tampa's first round pick the, in 2020. Yeah. That's yeah. okay. Okay. <laughs> I thought you were saying that they got Vancouver's first round pick and I was, I was confused. Uh, yeah. yeah. Um, just just some some background on Nolan Foot. He was taken 27th overall last year's draft. Uh yeah, I mean, I, I think he's talked highly in terms of his hockey IQ. Uh but obviously we don't know until the guy comes and <laughs> and does something. He is the captain of the Kelowna Rockets in the WHL. Uh but not a huge point getter. So my guess is that maybe in the end he ends up being a maybe a top six forward, but not a guy who's who's going to come to the NHL and put up 80, 90 points or anything like that. He'll be a he'll be maybe not a role guy, but probably not one of your top guys. Right. But what I love about this trade for Tampa Bay is, I mean, they know like obviously the window's getting a little smaller, but they've got a goal scorer here and a guy who was on a team that didn't have a lot of playmakers. So now you get a guy you can you can throw in on your third line now, or you can even throw him up on the second line if you want to, right? I mean, right now they're you know Alex Kalorn's on their second line. He was hot to start the season, but he's kind of cooled off. So maybe you drop him down and you know you put you know Coleman up there, or maybe you put Coleman on the third line with Tyler Johnson and get him going again. And you know now you've got three really terrifying lines. Yeah, uh, not to mention so with Blake Coleman, he is twenty eight years old. He's only played full three full seasons in the National Hockey League, but he played a, a fourth, only 23 games his first year. Uh, I think there's something to be said about a guy who takes quite a bit of time to make the NHL, and now he's making the, he's a regular 17-minute-a-game guy. He, he'll probably break his career high in goals this year. He had 22 last year, 21 in 57 games thus far this year, so he should break his goals and he he should probably break every career high that he has, especially now that he's on Tampa. Uh, but here's a mature guy who doesn't have a lot of 
he doesn't have a lot of miles on him. You know, a lot of times you get a 28-year-old guy, he's been in the league for nine years, and he's he, banged he, up. Could be, yeah. 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 And and I think this is a guy who's, he's obviously had to take care of himself and and uh, worked through adversity to get here. He's made the playoffs once with New Jersey in 2017, uh, or 2018, I guess it was. Uh, he scored two, he scored a couple goals. So he's, he's I think he's ready to go. Yeah. I mean, the thing I love about this, too, is like you get a guy who, right, like you said, um, you know, he took a little while longer to get to the NHL. So there's that drive, that desire to win, right? Because he knows he doesn't have as much time as maybe most normal guys. And, um, you know, he goes from a team, New Jersey, who basically, yeah, outside of his first full season, he made the playoffs. But they've been, you know, he spent the last couple seasons here basically in the basement. And so now you go to a sure. team that's right at there at the top. So now your drive to win is even, is even stronger. Ironically, the team that he played in the playoffs was Tampa Bay. Right. <laughs> who. They they beat New Jersey in five games. Yeah, uh, he also has a year left on his deal after this at one point eight million. Yeah, and that's what a freaking bargain, bargain for a twenty thirty goal scorer. Million. And yeah. you know what? The best part about getting traded to Tampa Bay is that he just he's probably going to make an extra hundred to two hundred thousand dollars just because of no tax, no state tax. Right. Yeah. So you get nice. a raise by moving to Florida. <laughs> oh, boo hoo! So I guess. Uh, I'll see Blake. I'll, I'll let you know how Blake Coleman looks in a in a Lightning jersey. Should be pretty good. Go down there. <laughs> uh, uh, next move: Andy Green moves from the Devils. Devils making another move, acquire the Islanders' 2021 second round pick and David Quinville, defensive prospect. Yeah, not. I, I don't know much about Quinville, but um, you know, I I like Andy Green as like a bottom pairing. You know depth defenseman type player because let's face it i mean he's he's a leader right there's there's a reason he wears the c in new jersey there's a reason he's been there his whole career because he's he's a he's a leader he's a rock steady defenseman type guy he's not going to put up big big points big numbers for you but you know for i think a team that um boy you know you know i i look at last year in the playoffs right when you when they went up against carolina and they just they got stagnant right he's that type of guy you want there on the bench or in the locker room to try to rally your team to you know get things going back again because you know when they they struggle man they they seem to struggle for 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 stretches and it's i mean we're seeing it right now right the last three games i think the islanders they've only put up one goal so yeah I, and i i think that he'll be, he's a guy who barry trotz obviously said Yes, get this guy. Like he'll play the way we want him to play. He he's done it his whole career. Like it's why Andy Green's thirty seven years old. He's he's been playing for like sixteen seasons right. in the National <laughs> Hockey League. You you know who he is. At the same time, if you don't watch Devils games on a regular basis, you don't really know who he is. Like that's you yeah, know that's kinda, that's kind of the player. He reminds he me is. a lot, and I I think I refer I would refer to him as the poor man's. Chris Phillips, right out of Ottawa, a guy who was just rock yeah. steady. You could play him in any system, and he would adapt. And he knew how to play good defensive minutes. But you know, obviously, I don't think Andy Green's as good as he was. But still, he's he's a very capable defenseman. All right, yeah, yeah. he came into the league when he was 24 years old. So yeah, he's... not bad. And and for a team like the Islanders, who have a lot of, I mean, outside of Boychuk and Letty, there's a lot of younger defensemen on that team. So come playoff times, if things start to to go bad. You know, you've got a veteran guy in there you can just throw in in your top four and maybe hopefully, you know, things will bounce back for you. And the fact that the New Jersey Devils are in the bottom 
fourth of the league. In ter- I mean, they're yeah. they're bottom of their division by far. And Andy Green is a plus one. That, that's <laughs> that very something. telling. Very yeah. telling on a, on a team that's won twenty two games. Uh, he's been still good enough to be a plus one. Uh, which, when you're a stay at home defenseman. I think that, that that does actually like sometimes plus minus doesn't mean a whole lot, but when you kind of break it down and you go, all right, this is a guy who his job is to purely he's keeping the puck out of the net. Like he is eleven points. Right. He's, you're not like a Brett Burns who you're expecting right, just to go and right, play offense the whole right. time. Where you're you're gonna accept maybe a lesser production five on five because of what he could could bring on the power play, at least in the past. Right. In the <laughs> you were willing yes. to accept it. Uh, but Anyway, yeah, I, I think Andy Green, well, I would like to see, I, I still wonder if the Islanders aren't done yet. No, they need some scoring. I they mean, really do. Man, Chris Kreider is, there's a lot, why don't we, let's dive into Chris Kreider here for a second. He hasn't been dealt yet. And I don't know, think he will. We know the Bruins are in on him. We know the Avalanche are in on him. Oh, yep. I think he's going to definitely you get do? dealt. I think someone is going to have to give up a first round pick for him. Oh, minimum. And it is like, these teams are... Teams are bidding against each other. Like I, I think if you're the Boston Bruins now, you go well. Tampa Bay just acquired a guy who's 20 goals in 57 games. So I mean, granted, first line he's playing the first line for New Jersey. So now he's going to get moved to the third line. Maybe the set, you know, he'll get moved around. Sure, he's not going to get the same kind of ice time. Most likely, he's not going to play 17 minutes a game. He'll probably play 15, four less shifts a game. That does make a difference when you're, you know, spreading that out over 25 games. It's 100 less shifts. So I, I think you'll see his production in terms of uh, like his per game production come down, but his time on ice production will still be about the same. And so I think you're looking at a guy who he could still, he could score 30 goals still through the end of the year. So if you're Boston, you have to go, well, Tampa just acquired a top six forward. We have to acquire a top six forward. Like Boston doesn't have anywhere close to the depth. Oh, absolutely that Tampa not. Bay does. Yeah, yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I I think Chris Kreider is ultimately staying in, you know, with the Rangers because I do think he wants to be there long term for this rebuild. However, I, you know, the more and more you think about it, when when you talk about bidding, right? Maybe the Rangers say, "Hey, listen, we're we're probably not making the playoffs, even though they're right on the bubble." Um, I There's don't not think a chance. No, I, I I completely agree. I don't think they're hopping Philly or Carolina. I mean, and, all Chris Kreider just can submit an eleven team no trade list. But here's the thing: I I think a guy like Chris Kreider, maybe you come to him and you say, "Hey, listen, we want you here for the rebuild. However, we want to help this rebuild. So can we deal you now to a team, get a first round and some prospects, or maybe a first and a second or something?" And then you come back and sign with us in the offseason. I wonder what the rules are for that. Because I got to think that you're not like tampering. Allowed, you're not allowed to say, well, we'll trade you and you'll just come back. Oh, I'm sure it happens. But, I'm sure but it I'm happens. But sure, like, I'm sure, yeah. Like, hey, there's always a place for you. But I think in the immediate, it's better for you. It's better for us to acquire some assets. Right. I think that something like that is fair. I mean, remember, what was it? Like Rod Brindamore would just get dealt and then would he'd just get come right back to Carolina and sign <laughs> another one-year deal. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, again, Chris Kreider, right? Like, it was Doug Waite. Doug Waite. Doug Waite, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, look, look, Chris Kreider, same thing, right? He's he's on pace for a 30-goal season, but he's got 42 points in 57 games. And so he's a top-six guy, right? He's not a guy you're going to acquire and place on your third line. You're you're looking at him to be on your, right. your second line at and, least. And out of any team in the NHL, Boston needs a top-six forward. Yeah, although now... 
wouldn't surprise me if the Avs make a push because Rantanen. you know Rantanen just went down. Looking and they, like he's out for about eight weeks. Yeah, they said they said quote unquote weeks, but I mean it's yeah. it looked like a broken collarbone, and it wouldn't surprise me Gosh. if he doesn't come back for a while. Yeah, he's had a rough year. I know. And that's killing my fantasy. Colorado team, had like <laughs> just Landis Cog goes down. And Grubauer's out too. Grubauer's right now. out like, for an indefinite period. Like, frick, there's my fantasy team. Two of the guys on my fantasy <laughs> team right there. Like, come on. Although I did pick up Jack Campbell and he did he hey, was phenomenal for me go. last week. So I, I just think the best interest of the New Jersey uh the New York, New York Rangers is to deal Kreider and, and it does make the most come back later. Uh but if he's willing to sign, like you know, if he says, "Yeah, I'll sign a, I'll sign a six-year deal at six million dollars," you probably say yes, and you keep him, right? But he clearly, he hasn't yet. He obviously thinks that he can get probably close to, you know, that seven seven million dollar mark that uh, that the Flyers gave. Oh yeah, Kevin Hayes. Kevin Hayes. My question yeah. is though, is he? Like, is he trying to push for that eight-year max contract, right? Maybe he's he's going a little bit lower on the dollars, but I think, you know, the Rangers probably don't want to give him eight years. But if he goes and gets traded and wants to come back in the offseason, can he sign eight years still? I don't. I wouldn't think uh, so. No. But No, he can't yeah. sign okay. eight years with the Rangers. He could sign eight years with whoever trades for him. That's what I thought. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Has to be this. So, but, I mean, seven. He could still sign seven. Yeah, I mean, he's 28. I wouldn't give him seven anyways right now the way he plays the game, but that's just me. So, All right. Uh, okay, next next trade. Uh, I think Jason Zucker. We haven't talked about that. Yeah, one no, yet. we haven't talked yeah, about that's, Jason. That's Zucker, another big we? one. Yes, Jason Zucker dealt to the Penguins for Galchenyuk, Callan Addison, and a conditional first round pick. Yeah, conditions on the first round pick. So here we are. If the Penguins miss the playoffs this year, Pittsburgh has the option to send their 2021 first round instead. Which, again, we both know Pittsburgh's not missing. So. No. So they'll get a first round this year, and then they get you know a nice little prospect, and then to me, who I think is a low risk, high reward type player in Alex Galchenyuk. You know, personally, I liked his game in Montreal. I thought he was he was a pretty decent player. I never thought he was a a top forward type player, but he can be a, a very good top six guy. Yeah, he's a top six guy. Yeah, you know, or, obviously or maybe on a top line if you had the right guy around him. But I right. Yeah. But again, it just didn't really work out in Pittsburgh. There was a lot of depth. They put him down on the third line with. You know, guys, I mean, guys that, you know, like, you know, he's not used to playing with and not used to having so few minutes. And I think maybe that kind of hurt his confidence a little bit as production drops. And then you get the GM coming out and says, yeah, he'll be lucky to crack our top 12. Like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, not much confidence. Why do I want to go play for you? Why did you just trade Phil Kessel for him? You exactly. Uh, I Do you think that Minnesota flips him again? No, no. I, I think he's Minna- a free agent at the end of this year. Yeah, I think Minnesota... I don't think he's going to sign in Minnesota. You don't think so? I really don't. Minnesota's a fun place to play if you're a hockey guy. Yeah, but Galchenyuk's not really much. I don't. He doesn't seem like that fun of a guy. Well, here's the thing, <laughs> though. So, fun. like, if he hits the open market, I don't think there's going to be a lot of bidders in terms of guys that are willing to give him high dollar well, one amounts. Year, one year deals. Sure. Yeah, he'll have to do one of those one year. Maybe one year, five million. Not one even. One year, four million, something like that. Not even. I wouldn't. I, I still wouldn't even give him that. I mean, granted, he is you know only a season and a half removed from a forty point season, right. but you know would, maybe I give him three team, and a half. Would a team be willing to to go? All right, one year, four million. A team that's like 
board like not really a playoff team a team that needs to get up to the to the floor he could go play there and maybe be a top forward and put up some points and then yeah, go to ottawa and, and then do what jp Pajot's doing sure, and sure maybe but uh or maybe the devils who knows but i mean if you're galchenyuk though i think you know if you're minnesota granted i think minnesota probably brought him back because one they you know the Penguins needed some cap relief to make this deal happen. But then two, I think you you bring a guy like that over because you're maybe hoping to revive his career. Maybe you get him going and then in the offseason you can convince him to stay and maybe stay long term. Because while I don't think Minnesota's ready quite yet to hit reset and do a full rebuild because they got guys like Parise and Sutter stuck right. there for a while. Zuccarello. Yeah. <laughs> I still don't understand that move. But um yeah, but again, he's a guy, you know, who maybe looks at it and says, hey, you know, I can have a, you know, a longer term deal here in Minnesota or I can go sure, into a one if, year somewhere else. If they're else. willing to give him a longer term sure. deal. And sure. that's the that's the, the variable in the whole thing, right? So, if I'm Minnesota, I just try to flip him. Get more assets. Well, I, speaking of flipping, I mean, Taylor Hall, right? Arizona hasn't. I mean, Taylor Hall's been fine. He hasn't been. He's been just under a point per game type player but he hasn't been electric he hasn't been that heart trophy type guy and i don't think you know maybe arizona's i I, maybe at this point i really don't think they're going to resign him so do you think maybe he gets flipped again before the Uh, well he did come out today and he said that he doesn't want to go anywhere okay well that's good i didn't didn't read that so he told nhl.com his hope is to stay with the coyotes for their postseason push interesting so i mean that's and that's all well and good. And that's saying the right things, too. I mean, obviously, sure. you don't come out and say, oh, no, well, I'm, I'm really hoping, I get, hoping I get dealt to a different team. I'm not really liking it here. Great. <laughs> I was hoping to go to Tampa or something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Arizona wouldn't be willing to eat any of his, not that there's much left, you know, in terms of the actual right. salary. Well, they're sitting fifth. They're, I mean, granted, they would make the playoffs if the playoffs started today. Yes, it'd be that last wild card spot. But Nashville has four games in hand on them, and they're only three points back. So that's yeah. eight points that they just need to get four points out of a possible eight. Which I think is, I mean, based on the way Nashville's playing, they're seven and three in their last ten. They've won their last three. They're kind of turning a corner here. I, it's it's going to be hard to keep Nashville out of the playoffs. Yeah, and Winnipeg's another team too that again. They got two games at hand. They're only three points back. So they win those two games. Boom. Arizona's right out of it. Yeah. So yeah. Now you got to win those games. That's yeah. that. I mean, that you got to win them. Yep. Uh, speaking of, uh, we, we just touched on somebody and I, now I can't remember who it was. Sucker. Galchenyuk. Nope. It's okay. okay. There's Moving someone, on. Else, someone else that could get, <laughs> could get dealt soon. And I can't remember. Uh, well, I think, I think we've hit pretty much everybody that uh, that's been dealt. We for sure have been hit everyone that has been dealt. Uh, obviously, things are working. There's there's lots that are happening. Uh, any trade, one trade that you really want to see happen? That I really want to see happen. Um, well, let's throw this one out there because you know why not? Why not please. go to? Uh, go to hockey buzz and just see what kind of crazy things yeah i've I've got one though i just thought of one uh pk suban is apparently on a couple teams radars according to hockey buzz it is arizona and toronto well i will say i will say first hell toronto (laughs) get pk suban at nine million dollars they would have to send a lot back um 
Yeah, well, a lot back. So I don't. Well, they'd have to hold. New Jersey would have to eat half his salary. Yeah, which I don't think PK is moving unless New Jersey eats salary, regardless yeah, to sure, any team. Sure, sure. Um, but okay, so I, I have heard. You know, Bob McKenzie has said maybe it was somebody else, but they have said that New Jersey isn't done, right? And so you obviously look at the first candidate that pops in my mind is Wayne Simmons, right? He's on an expiring deal at $5 million. I think it's likely, even uh, though he did come out and say he hated being a rental last right. year. Right, yeah. That, I don't Maybe care. he would be okay with being a rental to Philadelphia. That would be interesting. <laughs> I don't think that's happening. I think I could see maybe a Boston, but um, but anyway, so yeah, P.K. Subban is an interesting name. I, granted, I think the salary is just a little bit too difficult to do now. I think he's, he's more or less a an off-season type guy. Yeah, and and there's two years left after this year. Yeah, that's a lot to eat. So, again, I think New Jersey would probably have to eat $3 million-ish of that to get him moved anywhere. So, we'll see. Sammy Uh, Vatnin? Yeah, he's on the IR, so I think that makes it a little bit harder for teams to want to deal for him right now. Um, Although, I I think New Jersey, it wouldn't surprise me if they do try to move him. But um, for me, I think the one, and and I said it just popped into my mind when you were talking about PK, uh, Anthony Sio from Detroit. He's a guy that I, I'm interested to see if Detroit flips him. He is an RFA, but granted, his time in Detroit hasn't really panned out so well. He's had you know some decent seasons, but I, he's he's been one of those guys from at least from a Detroit fan perspective that I've expected way more out of. Right, I've expected him to be more of a uh, you know a 50, 60 point guy consistently every year, especially with that speed that those hands he has. I would expect him to be a 25 goal scorer every year, but he just hasn't really panned out. And I understand, you know, when you're not playing with Dylan Larkin or Anthony Mantha, you're maybe not going to have guys that can throw you the puck as much, yeah. but yeah, I still think he could fetch a decent return. If, uh, especially being an RFA, if Steve Eisman wanted to move him at the deadline. Yeah. It is curious that all these other moves have happened and Detroit has yet to make a move. Right. And because they do have some guy like they've got Mike green and, and Trevor Daly and, Alex Boyd, you know, Biega. I mean, they could even Jimmy potentially Howard. move, yeah, a goaltender, right? I mean, Jonathan Bernier's look pretty pretty freaking good here, filling in for Detroit, even though he's he's getting a lot of L's, but, um, you know, he's looked pretty decent. It's and not really his fault. <laughs> no, it's not at all. <laughs> the goalie doesn't score goals very often, right. unless you're Pecorine. He's uh, the only one with one with this one. year. Yeah. So, they, I mean, Detroit's got Mike Green, Trevor Daly, who could move. Um, and I still think, you know, Mike Green is... A potential to be moved um, just because I, I think there's still value there in terms of his ability to play the puck offensively now and he can still skate so you know at 34 he's he's still not out of it and I think uh, he's still got a little bit of little bit of hockey left in him and so you know you could still maybe th- and considering what Scandella got I, I certainly think Mike Green could probably get you a third rounder at least would would anyone trade for Jonathan Erickson no <laughs> no <laughs> I mean, they got to they got to find the cap room to fit him in there, and it's just not worth it. It is nothing. So, uh, yeah, I I feel like Mike Green and Trevor Trevor Daly. It's very logical for them to move, right? Probably only one of them move. Yeah, Trevor Daly came out and he said, "I want to be traded." He said, "Move me at the deadline." So we'll see if that actually happens. And they're both right-handed shots, which teams covet. Come you know deadline time, you need that. Yep. I mean, if you got to think that if Scandella got a second round, right? That. Both those guys could get you a, a at least a second round pick. Maybe you would hope a, a third. First, maybe yeah. not a first, but like a second plus something else. 
without condition. I would hope that Mike Green could at least get a second round pick, but I, you'd think so. You would think, but again, it's you know if Scandella is going for, I mean, and a second round pick is no joke. But now it might be harder because a lot of teams that were looking for defensive depth, it's kind of you know. Yeah, but I still think there's enough teams you think looking so? for guys. Uh, I mean, you do have Toronto, yeah, who who I'm sure wouldn't mind having some defensive depth. I I feel as though if you're Toronto, you're probably looking for more forward depth because of you know they they have so much spent on the front end that unless you can get a real difference maker on the back end, like. I don't know if Mike Green is a huge is is going to come in and provide something so much different than what say Tyson Berry can provide. Yeah, that's I mean that's you know? yeah that's so it. so then you're is he Mike, better than what you have? Do you want Mike Green to be your like fifth sixth defenseman at at the and and plus you have to fit his well you could fit it because of Janssen being out. Uh, whereas I think when you look at their bottom six, their bottom six like barely scores at all. Granted, they have a lot of injuries, but. They they could really use somebody to fill out that top nine who is just going to be a rental so they can afford them for right now. Like that's probably what they're going to have to do for the next several years is they're going to have to like slug it out through the year. <laughs> they're going to be able to outscore teams anyways, and then come playoff time, you kind of pull a Boston and you know you acquire guys like Charlie Coyle and guys guys maybe with a little bit of term, but where they're co- they're cost controlled and you can work them under the cap or they're just pure rentals. So. Almost their cap number doesn't matter very much because you can work things around and you can move out guys pretty easily at the deadlines. So. I was going to say Boston's made a living uh, being top heavy, so it's worked yeah. out pretty well for yeah. them. Yeah, I mean, Colorado's pretty top heavy. And yep. Although the teams that have won the Stanley Cup, St. Louis, not top heavy. Nope. Washington is not top heavy. Ish. They just have a lot of depth. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, Pittsburgh... Just Pittsburgh's a little more like what the Leafs look like. Yeah, I know? think Pittsburgh though they were they were able to roll. I think three lines at the time a lot better than they yeah. obviously do now. Well, but. and I don't think that we can compare playoff Crosby to playoff right. Matthews yet. <laughs> right. Yeah, we, we haven't we'll seen see, it. We'll see what Matthews could. But Matthews just plays such a different game. Crosby's Crosby is like a, the pure playoff guy. Like, oh, he plays everything so good come playoff. Like <laughs> he takes it up at a level where you're like, yeah. where I'm hoping maybe McDavid might go someday, hey, and then hey. you see with that offensive ability, he yeah, has he has to get there. in first. <laughs> I mean, the one time he made it, he he won around. Yeah, nobody was expecting it. But all right, so that is our show. You can hit us up at OT Hockey Talk again if you're uh, you know if you're going to be at that Leafs Panthers or Leafs Lightning game. Let us know, and uh, we'll we'll meet up while I'm there. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of this week. All the trades coming. Stick with us on Twitter. We'll we'll throw our thoughts out on there as we uh, continue into deadline day next week. Next Monday. Monday. It's coming. Monday, Monday, Monday. We'll talk to you guys soon.